Impact Hustlers, the podcast on entrepreneurs and changemakers that are creating solutions to the world's biggest problems. Impact Hustlers is brought to you by Waira UK, part of Telefonica Open Future. Visit waira.co.uk to learn how our acceleration programs can help your startup grow. And this is your host, Michael Shafrat. In today's episode, I'm talking to Maruf Ahmed, co-founder and COO of Quit Genius, an app that helps smokers quit through cognitive behavioral therapy. The app is now used by half a million people worldwide, and so far, you've helped about 30,000 people actually quit smoking. Yeah. Uh, so that's a really impressive uh, statistics, obviously. You're massively growing in the UK, in Europe, and also in the US, because you came back a few months ago from Y Combinator, where you've been part of the winter 2018 batch and since then you've actually closed around with really notable investors with the likes of jeff bezos mark zuckerberg bill gates reed hoffman investing through their fund called village global and senior leaders at dropbox slack and uh, pharmaceutical merck and, and many more so really uh, some notable investors behind you and you're on a mission to eradicate smoking yeah right? and i think you have some plans as well to go beyond smoking and look at mental health and other issues that you could solve with the approach that you're taking with cognitive behavioral therapy so yeah welcome to impact hustlers maruf <laughs> uh, good to have you thank you so much Maiko. thank you for that long introduction as well it's always a pleasure to come back here i've known Maiko for a long time so he's a good friend of mine so um yes it's it's, it's a pleasure to be here it's good to have you it's really i'm happy that we made this happen now <laughs> yeah. so uh, I want to start with the very beginning of your journey. It's yeah. not actually that long ago, but um, I mean, it feels like very long ago yeah. because you've come so far. But when you started Quid Genius, you were studying medicine at Imperial College here in London. I think almost all your team basically studied medicine, right? Absolutely. So, yeah. of course, you're embedded in the medical, like traditional medical system, right? Like yeah. you were supposed to go into that medical infrastructure, <laughs> which you didn't do. But did anybody take you seriously when you said, oh, we're going to do this app and it's going to stop people from smoking? Uh, did anybody actually think this could work? Yeah, it's funny because um, we started this project about 14 months ago now. And as you said, we were still um, at medical school at Imperial College. We were 22 years old, uh, myself and my two co-founders. Um, we had never built a tech startup in the past, but... We knew that there was a problem. So going through medical school, we saw that people wanted to quit smoking. This was on a daily basis, whether we're in a respiratory firm or even the psychiatry firm. We saw that people wanted to quit smoking. And this was leading to many, many problems down the line. Um, and when we looked into this in more detail, um, and I was actually on the respiratory firm with my co-founders at the time, we saw that they actually they wanted to quit so 70% of smokers wanted to quit but only 3% of them were successful and when you looked at the research behind it there was decades of research that actually showed the best way to quit smoking which is offer pharmacotherapy which is essentially nicotine replacement and that's patches and gum and they're widely available so there's no issue with that I can knit down to the local boots just just at the bottom of Piccadilly Circus um, and buy some Nicorette buy some nicotine buy any buy any type of gum or patch that's available but the pharmacotherapy was most effective in combination with behavioral support and that's where the issue lied so we saw that this behavioral therapy was really effective but the problem was it was super expensive it can cost like 100 150 pounds per session and it was very very difficult to scale um, and on top of that it's actually super inconvenient people don't want to take time off work to go to see a therapist who's only available from monday to friday nine to five people experience cravings on saturday night on on monday night uh, 24 7 really 
So we we really saw that there was this idea to almost disrupt the market and, and deliver this behavioural therapy through an app. And that's where the idea came from. And to answer your question of whether people took us seriously, absolutely not. So uh, our, our professors at, at university and even our friends to a certain extent were just like, what are you guys doing? You don't even know how to, how to build an app. Like, why are you even doing this? And a lot of people just thought this was like a fun side project that wouldn't go any further, especially my parents. They, they thought it was cool that I was doing it, but they never thought I'd actually go into this full time. Um, and then it was only about 12 months ago. So we graduated as doctors 12 months ago that we decided to go into this full time, probably a bit naively. Uh, my parents were a bit annoyed with me because we were going into something that had no funding at the time. We had no money. We weren't paying ourselves and we we're rejecting our almost dream jobs, which were like we got our, we got our top choice jobs in London, uh, a comfortable salary and very stable job. And I'm from a family full of doctors as well. So you can probably imagine how the, the conversation went down. Like uh, I haven't spoken to my parents since. <laughs> <I'm joking. laughs> no, no, no. They, they, they've been very supportive. Um, obviously, initially, they were like quite reluctant. Um, and, 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 and it sort of made sense in their head. Like they've, they've paid for um, good education for the next six years, for six years during medical school. And, and and now I'm sort of making this um, irrational decision to go pursue something that was almost a good idea, but had no legs at the time. But the last 12 months, as uh, you, you covered during your introduction, has been incredible for us. Obviously, there's still a long, long way to go, but I certainly and neither do any of my co-founders regret our decision. So it's been it's been a roller coaster for sure, but it's been a, it's been a good roller coaster. Well, that's amazing. Uh, I mean, you talk about cognitive behavioral therapy and. In my work, I've seen many startups just fail based on failing to change people's behavior or trying to, to change people's behavior. And that's essentially what you're trying to do, right? Like with everything you do, you're trying to change people's behavior and you're competing with that addiction that tells them don't change your behavior, just stay with it. How, how has that journey been in terms of really using cognitive behavioral therapy and adapting it to your needs and making it effective enough? Was that a really tricky problem to solve in the beginning? Can you talk a little bit about that and how you adapted it and actually succeeded in terms of actually getting people to quit smoking and where you saw the first person Person maybe that sent you a message was like okay we actually quit I actually quit smoking with this app yeah absolutely so that's definitely and uh, so I guess the delivery of cognitive behavioral therapy which falls under the umbrella of our product development has definitely been the hardest obstacle to overcome uh, with probably I'd say with, with, with funding, the initial round of funding as well that we needed uh, when we were 22 at the time. So that was very, very difficult. And it was definitely an iterative process. We weren't smokers ourselves, so we didn't know what smokers want. We knew that cognitive behavioral therapy was working, but we can't just plump cognitive behavior therapy and the stages associated with changing your thoughts, feelings, behavior into an app and expect it to work. So <laughs> it's funny because 12 months ago, what we had was very, very different to what we had now. We had very long sessions, um, up to an hour long, and it almost was very similar to a face-to-face -face session. Obviously, it was automated and delivered through audio sessions and videos. However, what we've come to realize is that this doesn't actually lend well to the modern age and the modern lifestyle that people, people actually um, live these days. Um, so after speaking to a number of different users, and I think it's important to understand that we not only regularly call our users, we send out surveys every month, But on top of that, every Thursday, we actually get some of our lead users into the office to actually try out the app in front of us. And this 
essentially gives us what we need to change the product hearing it from the from our users um and hearing what changes they need and hearing what um, um, what best suits their lifestyle allows us to iterate our product, improve our product, and hopefully at the end get them to quit smoking. So uh, we've come to over a number of different iterations, um, a, a cognitive behavioral therapy journey that's split into five-minute daily steps so people complete a five minute step a day which is either an animated video an interactive exercises or an audio session that they have to listen to um, and then once they've completed that they're almost done for the day they can they can interact with the other features of the app but it's not necessarily compulsory or um, or needed at the time mm. so it's very convenient and can fit into any lifestyle we've heard people doing it on the train on the way to work um, and as a result of that they're also not rushing through the program and uh, it really gives them time to actually change their thoughts feelings and behaviors because with with behaviors it takes a long time to change as you said um and behaviors are it's it's almost probably the the hardest thing that you can uh, try to do as a startup change someone's behavior but once you've cracked then it, it opens almost pandora's box once you, you can change the behavior for addictions that's not just smoking but also alcohol addictions opioid addictions but also other types of behavior why can't people why can't we change the behavior of people eating better um exercising more um and that's where it gets super super interesting because um it's probably worth noting that the company isn't just called quit genius the company is actually called digital therapeutics and our mission although our first product is um to tackle people um to help people uh, quit smoking our mission in the longer term has always been to not only quit help people quit smoking help tackle other addictions and also help deal with other mental health conditions whether that's anxiety depression insomnia and the like so what's the next massive problem that you're trying to tackle of this? Yeah, what, so, what do you think is the need that's unanswered so, right now that you could, could be solving? Yeah, yeah. So the team are working on this at the moment. Um, and I'm not sure I can disclose the exact field that we're going into, um, but uh, it will be within the mental health field. And that's the next product that we're tackling. And we're going to obviously use our learnings from Quit Genius to almost start a head start. Uh, but again, even though we're delivering cognitive behavioral therapy and we're tackling something still in mental health, um, there's um, a lot of iterations that need to go through to f until uh, release of that product. But they work super quick and uh, we're, we're very lean in our methodology. Um, and we, we we fail fast to hopefully succeed sooner so we build things that that break and um and hopefully that will be out in the market very soon and michael you'll be the first person to know about it i'm looking forward to it yeah, yeah. i'll text you man <laughs> thank you uh, one question i wanted to ask is when you basically figured out okay we want to use cbt uh, to attack this problem and you maybe build a first prototype or anything uh, how did you actually acquire the first 500 users you know <laughs> how did that actually work and how how did you iterate so this is funny because <laughs> um, we were based in Wire at the time, so we're in Piccadilly Circus, and we launched the app, and it was almost like a really big moment, a big momentous occasion for it. And I remember actually when we launched our first version of the app, I can't remember probably like May time of last year. Um, so um, we we took a photo of it; it was really awesome. We launched it. The next day, we had like one user on it, um, with the exception of obviously all our team. <laughs> so, so like five users in total, and we had one extra user. And I think that was like my dad or something. 
So we needed people on the platform to actually get feedback to improve. We knew it wasn't the finished product at all. And if you look at that product compared to the product that we have now, they're worlds apart. So what I I used to do was every lunchtime from 12 to 2, um, spend time in Golden Square and go to every single person that I saw smoking and be like, look, there's an awesome app called Quit Genius. Would you want to download it? 50% of people would be like, no, I enjoy my smoking and not really interested. But the other 50% actually really wanted to quit smoking and download it there and then. And we had users. And, and actually a number of them, because they lived, well, work local, uh, gave us some really valuable feedback. So then I almost started doing this every single day and then did this after work as well, because we've got the glass there just, just around the corner, really. So um, just people outside um, who, who were smoking, I'd, I'd go up to them and ask them, uh, ask them about it. And on top of that, I think I messaged every single one of my friends I knew from sm- uh, that on, 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 on Facebook and, and WhatsApp and Instagram at the time and was like, look, if you're trying to quit smoking check this out it's a free download you've got nothing to lose and if you could like share it with three or three or four other of your friends like some people ignored me other people were actually really helpful and it got us to the first 500 users surprisingly but then it sort of took like a, a snowball effect so to begin with you do things that don't scale right like i'm, ne- I'm i never go out to really uh, golden square now and, and hassle people to download the app but it definitely worked at the time and 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 then we found other other methods of actually mm. scaling up. So then we implemented the referral scheme, which has been one of our best sources of user acquisition even since then. Um, and also, obviously, like the organic um, side of things in terms of app store optimization and some press articles really helped to begin with. Um, and then the app store feature came and then it all sort of like exploded. Crazy. But it's crazy because I remember we celebrated... Um, we took everyone to Pizza Express at the time. We didn't have much money, so we couldn't take them to any of the fancy restaurants around. But we took the whole team. There was five of us at the time, two developers um, and my two co-founders. And we took them to Pizza Express just down the road to celebrate 200 installs, to celebrate a 200 install party, because it was a big milestone for us. And then when we were in um, America, when we were featured in the, in the US App Store, we had 50,000 downloads in a day. Um, that was about four to five months later. So it's pretty crazy how, how things have like rocketed, I guess, since then. Would you say like uh, for founders maybe that are at the beginning of your journey or like where you were back then, can you expect a lot from the App Store or did you do a lot of groundwork before that to actually enable that growth or how should th- founders think about their strategy to grow a mobile app? Um, should they rely on a lot on the App Store or what we think is so the in terms of the growth of our of our app and that's actually something that i was um so um yusuf my co-founder's technical by background and saram manages the whole of the product um and i was mainly in charge of like the growth side of things and how we went really went about our growth um was very similar to our product the process of our product development so we still work in sprints and we experimented every single different channel we experimented facebook ads google ads um uh, app store optimization, press releases, um, going out there, speaking to people, um, posting on forums, every single different type of thing. Um, and then we just doubled down on the things that worked. Um, the app store feature isn't something that you can necessarily rely on because it's obviously at the discretion of the editors. But we just got lucky in the sense that Apple did reach out to us and said, look, you're doing something that's no one's really done before. We love the design of your app. We love how like smooth the app is. And that's credit to the product development team we want to feature you and we we were like wow this is incredible we didn't actually realize how big an app store feature was just because um 
just recently in November, the obviously the new uh, app store has come out. So instead of being one of like 15 different apps that were featured, we were actually like covering the homepage. So it was crazy. And not just in the UK, uh, but also in US and all over the world. Um, and being featured on the US app store was incredible. It was a huge, huge day for, for the company. And um, yeah, it was, it was big. Uh, but obviously we know that things like press releases and app store features are things that you can't necessarily rely on. They, they can't scale. You can't sc- scale like press releases. You can't scale an app store feature. You get featured once and that's it. Uh, so we've been very, very careful to obviously um, try and maintain that growth uh, through through channels that are going to be scalable, like referrals, for example. So we've been working very hard and always iterating our referral scheme to improve it. Um, and that's thankfully one of our biggest channels of growth now, which is which is awesome. Um, and we found that people that end up do quitting through QuickGenius end up referring all of their friends, which is which is really nice on, um, on that side of things. Um, and we've been working very hard on like our blog content so we have uh, a good like a seo rank as well um, and also our app store optimization as well so when people type in quit smoking and the like it's likely to come up uh, which is which is really really good on on that side so um i think yeah um it's definitely not something you can rely on but it's something worth pursuing especially in the early mm. stages to increase brand awareness uh, i'd like to talk a bit about your journey from the student startup at imperial to really Uh, going to the U.S. for a few months as part of Y Combinator and uh, the winter 2018 cohort. What got them to believe in you and invest in you? Well, what do you believe was the one thing that you brought with you that they said, okay, this is what we want to invest in and help them? Yeah, so YC are very open about this in the fact that they invest in founders as opposed to like an idea. And in some cases, and some some of our people in our batch, the ideas change within within the within the within the batch. And it's only three or four months, but thing people rapidly pivot. Actually, the founders of Soylent were in our uh, batch. Um, they're starting another startup now, but obviously founded Soylent about six seven years ago. And initially, they were building some some other product. It was the biggest pivot in YC history because then they end up developing Soylent, which is food, I guess, like liquid food. Um, so they're investing in founders because they know things change and, and, and markets change. So, um, so they're almost seeing that drive and motivation within the founders and also the adaptability and flexibility of, of dealing with things that happen within a startup. So the, the, the psychology of founders is I've, I've just come to experience this over the last eight to 12 months. It's a very, very lonely place and it's, it's very tough. It's very tough. And not all of my friends are either working in banks and comfortable jobs. And so obviously the ones from medical school and working as doctors um, and um, and no one really understands. Um, so obviously there's a, a massive struggle to begin with, not paying yourselves, not just financially, but also mentally and psychologically as well. Um, so I think they're also looking for like a persistence within mm. the founder. So a lot of the, some of the questions that they're asking us within the interviews were like, what would happen if... Um, no one smoking in, in five years time so there's there's a possibility and obviously it's it's a hypothetical situation um but but say no one was to smoke in five to ten years time what would you do so they're not only just looking for your current idea they'd be like what's your backup idea what else would you do just to almost get into your mentality and see how you think and 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 so you're not attached to one specific idea like things pivot things change and 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 markets change as well so i think it's really like the the questions are very geared towards the mentality of the founder um 
and the processes that you've also implemented up until that day, as well as obviously the idea, the market, and whether they think it's going to be a, become a billion-dollar company. Um, but yeah, the, the founder mentality is super important to you then. You mentioned the issue, what happens if no, nobody will smoke in five years, right? Inherently, through the kind of problems you try to solve, I mean, if you achieve your goal, you can shut down the company or like at least the app, right? Yeah, yeah, so true. is that one of the reasons why you look at different subject areas, or do you believe there will always be an issue with these different problems and you'll always be around to help people with it or how is your thinking about that i mean often people talk about dating apps as being a terrible business model because yeah. you connect people and then they're they're not on the app anymore it should be quite similar with you how do you tackle that definitely and i think it's one of the most common questions that we get from not just investors but also um leaders within the field as well um and there's that people often do compare it with the natural churn associated with the uh, dating apps but our churn has actually been remarkably low over the eight months that we become a paid product and the reason for that is um is often a, a misconception about quit genius we're not an app to help people quit smoking we do that but also we help them stay smoke free so the whole quit genius sustain program that we've developed um so the quit genius initial program obviously helps them towards their quit day and prepares them for that and that takes them about three to four months but the quit genius sustain program actually helps them stay smoke free and it's really important important that people understand that addictions are very very hard to overcome People have been smoking in some cases for 15, 20 years. They're ingrained in their habit. The smoking is ingrained into their routines, into their habits. Um, and it's not something that can just be overcome overnight. You can't, we can't just prepare them until their quit date and then just leave them. So in some cases, users are actually using Quit Genius Sustain and logging into Quit Genius Sustain more than they were the original program. Um, which is super interesting because they need their help during the cravings that they're still going to almost uh, experience after their quit day. Um, and, and that's how we built the program. But you're right, in, in 10 years time, if, if the world is a smoke-free place, we've achieved our mission. That's what we're set out to do. There are a number of companies out there. Uh, I'm not going to name any names, but uh, there are a number of companies out there uh, that want to either keep you hooked on on cigarettes or e-cigarettes or, 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 um, e as now, which is becoming a big thing and vaping. Um, but we actually want people to quit smoking. That's why we publish the numbers of people that actually quit smoking. We get them through the Quit Genius program, we get them through the Quit Genius Sustain program. And once they are comfortable with their smoke-free life and comfortable with not experiencing any cravings, they can uh, naturally churn from the app. And that's not a problem for us as long as they've stayed, stayed smoke-free. Um, so yeah, uh, our mission is is pure and, and it's something that we, we, we really strive towards. And we even share um, testimonial videos and testimonial uh, written testimonials with the company every single day. Um, so that's really important for us as a company. And it's important that everyone that we do welcome on board the company is equally passionate about the mission. With that mission, what's next for you? Um, do you think the software, the app solution works perfectly? Or what's the next step for you? Um, I think there might be something to announce as well in terms of what you're trying to give people to, to help them even more with quitting smoking. And then from that, what's your big vision? What's the kind of world you're trying to create? You're a very impact-driven company. Like, What's the big impact and big issue that you want to solve for what you do? Yeah, absolutely. So as I said from the beginning, the, um, the best way to help people quit smoking is offer, obviously offer the behavioral therapy in combination with the, uh, the pharmacotherapy, which is the nicotine replacement out there. And for us, we want to own the smoking cessation space, and we really want to do that at Quit Genius. So we feel as though we have a, a, an awesome solution for 
the behavioral therapy side of things um, and something in the not so distant future that we're, we're definitely going to go into is also the pharmacotherapy side of things as well um, and and using our quick genius brand to, to market uh, pharmacotherapy to users of, of the apps almost offering the whole package everything that you need to quit smoking is here at quit genius um, so that's that's something that's very exciting for the team and something we've been working really hard on but also on top of that um, as i said we want to tackle other addictions we've released a number of other packs within quit genius where we're tackling certain subsets of smokers that's been super exciting and also super super popular with mm. our with our users so we offer a pack for pregnant women we offer a pack for people with um like social smoking is one of their big triggers and also interestingly we've been offering a, a pack for people um who have alcohol as one of their biggest triggers that is actually the most popular pack that we've offered and it's spreading like wildfire which is which is really like interesting on our side so being able to offer a solution um that would also help people curb their alcohol addiction um is something super exciting um and something that we definitely want to go into as well uh, because we think there's a real gap in the market in terms of um, good digital solutions to help people overcome their alcohol addictions. Um, but as I said, it's not just going to stop there. There are a number of different mental health conditions that, again, need better digital solutions, in my opinion, and that's anxiety, depression. There are a number of good solutions out there. Um, well, there are a number of solutions out there. Um, I should rephrase that. There are a number of solutions out there, but still we think that there's, uh, there's a gap in the market to offer a, uh, a really convenient, evidence-based, easily accessible, inexpensive digital solution for, for the people that are suffering out there. I wish you all the best on that journey. Uh, you came very far, but obviously it's still a long journey ahead, so all the best for, for that and the struggles that that are included with that yeah. um, and thanks very much for joining today thank you so much Mike I really appreciate thank it thank you very much thanks Move. this was Impact Hustlers Impact Hustlers is brought to you by Waira UK part of Telefonica Open Future learn more about Waira on www.waira.co.uk